Welcome back in. It is the Bill Michaels Show. I'm Ben Kenny. He is Zach Heilprin. We are in for Bill today. Bill will be back on Monday to react to everything that happens over the weekend. Brewers, Cardinals, as well as the Packers game coming up tonight. A lot of stuff to watch. We are talking about it and will be throughout the show today. 877 877- 867-1670 if you want to get a hold of the program. Shamarcus is on line one. What's going on, man? Hey, man. Can you hear me? Yeah, you're good. What's up? Hey, man. I just got, like, a question. Try not to sound stupid like I normally do when I call it. <laughs> All good. But um, I am – I kind of have a question for you, you know, because, like – and my question is, like, with this Packers uh, preseason game, because I'm, I'm excited, I'm a Packer fan, but I'm just a little confused and worried about our receivers because we have a few on the pup list, and then, like, are, are most of our receivers playing for a starter position? Because, I mean, other than Cobb and, what is it, Lazard, I don't think our receivers are really good enough to be going up against other CBs. So I was just wondering, like, are you a little worried about that? And, like, what's your kind of take on Jordan Love starting under center tonight? Because I'm excited about that. I hope he does really good, as everybody in camp is saying that he's improved really well over the other over, over the three years. So just kind of wondering what your input is on it, because I'm a little nervous. I'm not going to lie to you. I don't even think we're going to do good this year. I don't, I don't even think we're going to get close to our the NFC division, like, making the NFC title the champs, you know? So it's like – because of our receivers. Like, uh, yeah, I got you. I mean, there's a lot there. First of all, definitely the excitement tonight is around Jordan Love uh, for the reasons you said. I can't wait to watch, see if the improvement is there. When it comes to the receivers, I'm not as down on them as I am where the line stands, especially health-wise. But in terms of what to watch tonight, I mean, Alan Lazard, Sammy Watkins, and Randall Cobb, and Christian Watson are all not playing. And for Sammy Watkins, that could mean he's already made the roster, which could be Kind of good news, given that they signed him and they're already confident. But, uh, yeah, you have Lazard, who's probably going to be the one. He's not playing. Watson, the second-round pick, is on the pup list. And Cobb, given he's a veteran, won't be playing. So we're watching Romeo Dobbs. There's been a lot of flashes at camp. The writers are raving about him. If he becomes, you know, the, the rookie to come in and make a big impact, that'll help. But in terms of tonight, I mean, it's not going to be the number one group. So whatever happens won't really make me uh, frightened or excited about where they stand. I just want to see what Dobbs does. And then aside from him, whether Amari Rogers looks better, whether any of the people battling for the last spot there at the position, Jawan Winfrey, Samori Torre, Malik Taylor, Danny Davis, whether they show anything, but my eyes will mostly be on Dobbs because he's the one that will be playing tonight. That could end up being maybe the number two or the number three. Do you, if I'm still here, do you think that our, like, let's look, let's look like to the season. Do you think our starting lineup, like if Lazard is number one, because in my eyes, like I said, I'm a Packer fan, but I still know how to, you know, constructive criticism. I don't think if he's going to be our number one, you know, I don't think he's number one material to be going up against the number one CB on other teams. So like, that's what my concern now is like our receivers. I don't think we have a good receiving core to even make it through the season. Do you agree, disagree? Um, I, I mean, I'm not high on them and I appreciate the phone call. It's, do I think Lazard is a clear cut one? No. Do I still think the offense overall around him with Rogers, a great running back room. And if the line is healthy, I think it's an offense that can perform well. 
And then if anything, uh, while they don't have Devontae Adams, they don't have a clear number one caliber receiver, it could be a room that does enough. Like if Rodgers is out there balling, that makes the receivers better naturally. And then if Dobbs breaks out, if Watson becomes anything as the season goes along, I think the room could be good enough. Uh, When it comes to what they can achieve this season, I don't think it'll be the receiver room that holds them back. If anything, as I've said, I think it'll be the health of the offensive line. And that's really it. I'm going to continue to say this until it's just proven false. That is Aaron Rodgers without a clear number one will be just fine. Yeah, he, he has got, shown he has shown an ability when Devonte Adams is not available, and with some other other top wide receivers that are not available, more willing to get the ball to different guys, more willing to play within uh, the scheme of uh, you know not forcing the ball to a single guy, and it and it works. And I think if they had had that in the playoffs last year, maybe they win that game because instead of trying to force the ball into Devonte Adams, maybe he's seen Alan Lazard wide open over the middle. You know those those type of things, and I think the inability for teams to focus on it. And Devontae beat teams anyways, despite people being focused on him. They, they, he was fantastic. He's the best wide receiver in the NFL. They were able to beat those teams anyways, even with the focus on him. Without that focus, I think it kind of it does force defenses to, to cover the entire field. I think it bodes well. I mean, where you'll miss it in my eyes is let's say somehow – the red zone offense running wise isn't able to be dominant. If they can run the ball in consistently with Dylan and Jones, then they'll be fine. I think where you'll miss it is when you get to the goal line and you know, Devonte Adams can shake a guy in a second where there could be moments throughout the season and there'll be growing pains. It might not be something we see all year as, as you get deep in with November, December, the playoffs, but it could be in those goal line sets or maybe like a third and four where you need someone to beat a DB that's where you're going to miss Devontae. When I would agree with that, and yet they were a middle-of-the-road team in the red zone last year. They were the best. See, the biggest difference between last year and the year before offensively was their red zone. They were the number one scoring offense in the red zone touchdown-wise uh, for anybody in 2020. In 2021, I believe they were 18th in, in, uh, in touchdown percentage. It was weird. It was that story that kept persisting. Why can't you guys finished drives they had right. yeah they were really bad i remember for the first however long of the year and then it got better as the season went on it did but like Devonte adams was almost unstoppable in the red zone in 2020 didn't have nearly as many uh touchdowns last year they just weren't a very good red zone offense last season and if they can figure that out great so like the idea that just gonna have Devonte adams shake somebody it did, they had that available last year and it didn't work right uh, also, when it comes to the offense, something without Devontae that will step back is the explosiveness in the passing game, no doubt, just given what Devontae could do. I think the more thing- so MVS there, though. Yeah. Like MVS is more the the explosive guy in the that duo. Offense. Yes, definitely. I think back to the Vikings game where yeah. they just went back and forth. Justin Jefferson, long touchdown. MVS comes back and gets one where I like what Lazard can bring but he doesn't really give me that boom when it comes to explosive plays. No. So where do they find them? I, I don't know. Maybe Dobbs can bring it. Maybe Sammy Watkins is able to find some fountain of youth and bring it. And then maybe it also is seen in the running back passing game. They're going to have to find explosiveness somewhere and maybe it's schemed. Maybe they run the ball so well that they can get the defense off guard. But yeah, you definitely miss that with the two guys departing. I still feel in general though, that if it goes wrong this season, it won't be because of the wide receiver room. It will just be because the offensive line isn't healthy and struggles and they can't protect Rodgers. 
Adams is a huge loss, but I think people are probably underestimating what MVS meant to that offense too. I mean, you look at the games that they scored more than 30 last year. He played in all of them, and not, there was not a single game that they scored more than 30 that he missed. Yeah, that that He's, was a weird stat because I he did a lot for them. But it's, it's not even just the numbers, though. It's like the, the threat. Yeah, his the, presence. Yes, just the threat of taking a top off a of defense. It makes it at least makes you account for that. And yeah. they don't, at this point, have that guy. Maybe Christian Watson down the road is that guy, speed-wise. And maybe Samuel Watkins, as you said, finds you know, uh, a little bit of uh, late career revival where he is can be a, a deep threat. And, and maybe even Raul Dobbs, too. He's, he's not Marquez Valdez-Scantling fast. He doesn't, he's not going to run a 4-3. But maybe he's got a, the, the, the um, route running. Maybe that, that could get him free down the field as well. I just... MVS is, I think, a significant loss just based on what he threat the threat he could bring to a defense. Yeah, and it's one of those deals where I love the future of Watson. I love maybe what Dobbs could bring in the more immediate future, given he's already doing it and Watson is hurt. But it's still a situation where I don't expect either of those two rookies to have a big role and you know make big time catches until we get I don't know weeks into the season. It's still Aaron Rodgers. There still is the rookie receiver thing. So maybe for the first month, there's the ease-in period. I don't really expect to see Christian Watson and Romeo Dobbs flash in the regular season until November. Yeah, I don't know. I'm trying to think the last time a, a rookie wide receiver has made a significant impact. And I, we probably have to go back to Greg, Jen- Greg Jennings, which is all the way back. Or even James Jones. Like James Jones, Greg Jennings, Randall Cobb, obviously. But Randall Cobb in 2011 was still pretty far down the depth chart. He had two touchdowns in the opener against New Orleans, but it was he wasn't being counted on. There was still Greg Jennings and Donald driver and Jordy Nelson and James Jones. Like he was not the top guy there. And, and Romeo Dobbs is not going to be the top guy here either, but I, I really like, I'll be honest. I really do like Romeo. I think he's going to make an, an impact sooner than you think. Huh? Which I mean, that definitely be one of the more welcome additions. I thought when he was first drafted and it's, I know more about the Big Ten players than I do. Uh, he went to Nevada. Then I I didn't watch Nevada play last year, but why not? I because I've I've other ways to spend my time, Zach. Believe it or not, you, you, AKA all you do is talk about college football, and you didn't watch any Nevada last year. I might have had him on for a second, but okay. I didn't uh, right. put them on to watch Romeo Dobbs. But I I thought coming in that even though Samori Torre was a seventh round pick. Just from what I knew about him, I thought maybe he could make an impact earlier and and come on and make the roster and somehow find a role in the passing game. Uh, but, I mean, that obviously looks wrong because Dobbs looks like a terrific pick there in the fourth round. That surprised me a little bit. That it had to do with my preconceived notions of it's the old thing of when you watch a guy go and beat Wisconsin's defense, you have more respect for them. Sure. That's what Torre did. That's why I have very little respect for uh, Aiden O'Connell. Because he looked like Agreed. trash when Purdue faced Wisconsin, despite the fact that he tore everybody else up. But Jim Reynolds, excuse me, Jim Leonard will do that to you. Yeah. Uh, speaking of Jim Leonard, I meant to talk about this. So ESPN put out an article. Pete Thamel. It's, does it always come out at this day during the year or this time? I mean, I'm sure it's probably about this time. Yeah. So the college football coaching carousel names to know for the next wave of jobs. Uh, talking about group of five guys that are succeeding that could go in to the power five. We are talking about the power five assistants that could find their way into roles. Number one, I think would come from no surprise. It is Bill O'Brien, the Alabama offensive coordinator. 
What's crazy about Bama is, Zach, I think these last couple of years with Bill O'Brien staying there after his stint with the Texans, it's been the first time in a while that Saban has kept an offensive coordinator around because he did like Lane Kiffin was there. Most it, of those guys get new jobs, though. I know. That's what I'm saying is it's mostly guys that maybe something didn't work out. They go to Bama and they're great coaches and they remake uh, their reputation and themselves. They go somewhere else. But Bill O'Brien stuck around for a couple years, which, I mean, is just dangerous when you think about what Bama can do. Number two, though, is Jim Leonard. And the blurb reads, it's interesting, uh, says the longtime Badgers defensive coordinator has held that job there since 2017 after joining the staff in 2016. He has annually put together some of the country's tightness. Leonard, 39, has recently shown more interest in life outside Madison, as his biggest issue moving up has always been his willingness to move out. Number one, uh, I mean, the last part of it, the willingness to move out, undoubted. We saw it with the Packers situation in 2020, where he was rumored to be getting the job, was offered the job, I believe, and ended up turning it down. They go with Joe Barry instead, but has recently shown more interest. Zach, do you buy into that being like very recent, like right now or recently as in, in 2020 when he looked at the Packers. So what he's saying is that he was in the mix for jobs elsewhere this year and we just didn't hear about it. Or are we talking about Packers last year, Illinois last year yeah. where he was, he was talked about because I didn't hear his name at all this off season. I didn't hear it at, at all. And at all. That makes me think like there's always a little bit of smoke there and before maybe, something happens. And maybe there were no big 10 jobs open this year. So, and I don't, and I think he probably gets mentions for those. Like, he's not going to end up going to like Toledo or Akron. Like, that's not going to be him. He's going to go to a Power Five school or the SEC. I feel like, like it'd be weird. I, I don't know. I think, I mean, I could see him doing it. What if like Tennessee opened? Do you see Jim Leonard as head coach at Tennessee? I don't. I I don't. But if they make a move for him, I could see him there. Yeah. Would that be? Would he be somebody that they would want down there? That's that's the difference. Would well, they, they want, finally play defense? They may, but. In the SEC, you got to play some offense. That's true. Right? Uh, you bring in smart people. I mean, it's a dumpster fire there. But. Right. Yeah. So this feels like it just, uh, I don't, I think, I feel like we're reading a little bit too much into it. That's my thought as well. But that being said, again, if he wants to, a head coaching job before taking over at Wisconsin, I'm on record as saying he's going to be the next head coach at Wisconsin, whenever that may be. Paul Christ, uh, I don't think is going anywhere anytime soon. Uh, the only way he's going anywhere is if, he were to get fired, which isn't going to happen uh, unless he's got like multiple losing seasons in a row. Even like even a seven and six season, they're not going to fire him after that. No, like that's just it's, and I know he's not Chris McIntosh's guy, but Chris McIntosh is still a Wisconsin guy, and so to to, to th- toss another Wisconsin guy out, it's going to take a lot. So I, again, whenever Paul Chris steps aside, whether he wherever he retires, whatever happens, Jim Leonard, I think is going to be the next head coach of Wisconsin whether that's him moving up from defense coordinator or him coming from another program to take over the program like Paul Chris did, it's going to happen. So do you want to lose him as your defense coordinator? No, but I also don't think like you're going to be, Oh my gosh, can't lose Jim Leonard. He's never going to come back. No, he'll come back. It's and also, this and this doesn't, what we see today does not, or what we saw from this article does not make me think that there's going to be some kind of uh, change. It's also one of the deals where the defensive coordinators before him were also terrific. It's not like he is the first one to, 
you know, imagine a defense at Wisconsin. Like, look at Dave Aranda right now. He was here. Look at Wilcox. Yeah, Justin Wilcox as well. So, I, I mean, it's the sky won't fall if that does happen. It obviously will be a negative development. For sure. Because he's the best coordinator in the country and a driving reason behind a lot of their success. But I do trust. Uh, the offensive stuff is weird with all these new hires. And I, I don't just trust blindly that they are all great hires. We have to see it happen. When it comes to the defense, though, I kind of do trust that if in the event he does go, I kind of do trust the program and Paul Chris to find another great guy to lead the defense. Well, I'll be honest with it. Like if he left after this year, Bobby April would be, I think, the next guy. Uh, I think he would move up. To promote from within? Like That doesn't be, make sense. He would, be the, he would be the best option. He was in the mix in Michigan for their for their defense corner spot. He's got a bright future. I do think he, like, if, if Jim Lerner were to leave tomorrow, I think Bobby April's your, your defensive coordinator. Yeah, that is, I was going to bring that up because he seems like a guy that is a perfect candidate for a defensive coordinator job. He just hasn't left yet. Right. Where it's like he will be a defensive coordinator at some point. So, yeah, yeah you're, in, you're in solid hands. I guess I, I definitely felt my first reaction was reading a little bit too into that sentence of recently shown more interest. Maybe, though, there is something there. But even so... I I do agree with your general thought that he will be back when the opportunity comes. I will say that caught my attention. Like it, when I when I read that, I'm like, really? Yeah, you pointed it out to me, like, and interesting. I interesting. I was like, huh? Hmm. He's shown more interest in it. I haven't heard anything about that. We haven't didn't hear his name associated with any job this offseason. He normally does a pretty good job of keeping his name out of the media and, and out of like uh and not about it ever talking to the media in general yes it's not <laughs> for for you know paul like he, when he does it here's the difference between him and paul chris when paul paul chris does not like talking to the media right and, and he's not particularly good at it um he doesn't and i think that's kind of a there, there's a it's a bit of a it's a shtick it's not a shtick he's he's more comfortable in smaller situations smaller gatherings that type of thing jim leonard is fantastic every time he talks to the media and gives you great quotes and all that. He just doesn't like doing it. There's yeah. a difference between the two. And I obviously would prefer, the, you know, Jim Leonard, who he doesn't like talking to you. But when he does talk to you, he gives you something. Last thing before we hit break. Gut feeling, top of your head. Who is at their current position longer from today? Greg Gard or Paul Christ? Oof. It Paul, feels similar. I does, would say. I'd, I'd say Paul Christ. Yeah. I don't know. It it all feels like a, like a five to seven year window for sure, for sure. I mean, you would think about that. That would be this is year eight for him. Yeah, yeah. Thirteen 12, years, twelve. Is yeah, legit. A, yeah. There's not too many uh, head coaches that are staying in the job that long, right? You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, you just go back and look. Who's the longest tenure head coach right now in the Big Ten? It's it's Kirk Ferentz. But go back after him, Pat Fitzgerald, and then it, then it gets down to like. 2014, 2015, like there's not guys that have been there a long, long time. The difference there could be, as we've seen with Harbaugh at recently, when he almost went to the Vikings, he does have the move up potential. That would have been amazing. I I, I kind of am happy he's still in the Big Ten because it makes it interesting. I know you are. Michigan would be less interesting without Harbaugh there. Love him or hate him. But Paul Christ, it does not feel like there is a, uh, a move up there. It's there's just, not. Yeah. It just feels like Wisconsin is the destination. And it's also Jim Leonard turning down the Packers. Like, it doesn't feel like he's moving up to a defensive coordinator spot in the NFL. And I don't envision him going to another defensive coordinator spot in college. So it's going to be a head coaching job somewhere that, that would potentially get him out of Madison. I don't know what how big that job needs to be. 
and whether it's in the conference or not, because obviously Illinois was in the mix for that job. I just, I, there's not a ton of options there for him if he wants to to stay in a Power Five conference. I, again, I just think he's going to be back when this job opens up. Yeah, it's an interesting discussion. I just, I can't wait till games are played on the field. So we stop these discussions for a bit. It's been such a weird, crazy off season with, I, it feels like it's lasted forever with everything that's come out, the realignment, NIL, Caleb, that Caleb Williams thing also happened, the portal, everything. We are close to games. We're almost there. 877-867-1670. We have a lot more to get to. We could take your calls on the Packers and their preseason game tonight against San Francisco. When we come back, though, I want to hit this quick. Carson Wentz, quarterback of the now Washington Commanders, had an interesting discussion with a local TV person. The president of Washington weighed in and did not like how it was handled. We'll play it next. I'm Ben Kenny. He's Zach Heilprin. We are in for Bill Michaels. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michaels Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Welcome back, Bill Michaels Show. Yeah. Ben Kenny, Zach Heilprin. A, uh, a, a Kenny and Heilprin special, if you will, from 10 to 2 today. Bill is back on Monday. I will be back uh, with you from 4 to 6 as well on many of these same stations. In for Grant Bills, and then it is the weekend. And <laughs> to say I'm excited would be a gross understatement. Has this been the longest week of your career? No, not even close. Really? Oh, no, absolutely not. The NFL draft week... I like that Thursday. I got in the office at seven thirty in the morning. I left at one a.m. Does it get? Does it go quicker because you're on the air? Yes, as opposed to no so, doubt. So, as opposed to pushing buttons, no doubt. Uh, it definitely takes more out of you. Sure. Like I get home and I'm more tired. The talking for six or seven hours. Like seven, yesterday was seven hours. Yeah. These other days have been six. Yeah, but the long no, I've had longer weeks, mostly during the football season, where maybe I'm in on the morning show and then also do Bill's show and also do our show at night. Uh, where hours wise, yeah, I don't know. Uh, it's long, but it definitely goes by faster when I'm when I'm talking as opposed to for some people at least pressing buttons. Yeah, hey, <laughs> I mean, listen, I I, t- I told this to you yesterday. I'm going to be very very open and honest here. I wouldn't want to listen to myself for six hours a day. What about seven? Let alone anybody. Okay, you know, yeah, it's yeah. it's one of those deals. I would get bored of myself. I completely don't believe that whatsoever. <laughs> I walked in, I walked in here last night. I walked in here last night. We did it. We did a show for four hours yesterday, right? We did the we did the show for four hours yesterday. I left. You did a Grant show for two hours. I came back and do our show at like five fifty, and you had like the biggest smile on your face. You were doing so fantastic. You're like, this is amazing. I got to hear myself for an hour and like for two hours talking to myself. I don't have to listen to anybody else. I just talk. And it was like, all right. Well, that's not why I was smiling. So it that, was that makes me feel fantastic. It was kind of a delirious smile where, like you know, when you get a little crazy. Yeah. When you've been doing something for long enough. Sure. It was one of those where I like energy just started flooding in, and then it, and then I was able to and take that. I was able to two hours. I was able to drain that, that energy <laughs> out very quickly. There you go. Which is always the goal: uh, drain the energy out of Ben. Eight seven seven, eight six seven sixteen seventy. You want to call and do it. I will say though, I wouldn't sit and listen to anybody for six hours. So I hope we are uh, giving a, at least a somewhat entertaining product out there that the. Uh, the sub package, if you will, is is working. 
before the starter comes back on Monday. So Carson Wentz, if you have not followed his career, he was drafted by the Eagles. The Eagles kind of uh, let him out the side door. He then went to the Colts last season. The Colts then did the same. And Jim Irsay, the owner, totally trashed him on the way out in a move that I haven't really seen anywhere else. So he is in Washington now, figures to be the starting quarterback. And he was doing a, a local TV station, uh, doing an interview. And there was some some interesting questions and discussion that happened. So it's a minute clip. I'll play it. And then the president of the commanders responded and kind of came at the news anchor. I'll, I'll read his response afterwards. But here I, is I that. Have a, I have a question first. This was a private interview. It wasn't a it wasn't a press conference. No. OK. He was sitting this in a chair. Oh, yeah. OK. So it was like with the probably like the uh, local. Yes. Like their preseason coverage, like the same with the Packers have their 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 TV network. This is probably like the commander's TV network. I don't believe it was the Commanders TV network. Uh, I need to to check the uh, the next tweet after Oof. this because I don't know if the president would just go and destroy the TV guy. Um, Be- before we get to this former Commanders quarterback, Kirk Cousins, the plexiglass did not work. Okay. He so, somehow I don't even know this is even happening anymore, but he tested positive for COVID and will not play on Sunday. Yeah, sent him got home, set homesick yesterday That's all right a, i don't know why we get sent homesick like it's it's not really even a thing is it uh, i don't know well there's the breaking news and here <laughs> is carson wentz uh and the local tv station take a listen to the questions and the answers there's been kind of a narrative out there here in training camp that you've been a little inaccurate um on your throws uh consistently inconsistent has been a kind of a terminology how would you assess your performance in training camp and is that characterization uh fair yeah, I mean, for one, it's camp. You know, I think uh, I didn't know that, so thank you. Yeah, uh, I know because I know you told time, me you don't read that stuff. At the same time, uh, I'm my biggest critic, so I, I come back after practice yeah. and I'm kicking myself over one, two, three, four, five plays. You know, real talk here, Carson. It's been well documented. Philly didn't want you. Indy didn't want you. Do you think this is your last chance to prove that you can be a starting quarterback in the NFL? Yeah, you know, I don't really think about all that stuff for me I'm playing the game that I love and I have the most confidence of anybody in myself to deliver to play at a high level um, to you know be a part of something special here with this team and so I don't I don't put all that pressure on myself I don't put you know people can can feel that way people can say what they want and uh, I have no issue with that you know that- all right Oof. there that is yikes yeah I here's the thing I think the questions are fair but there's very little chance that I would ask him in that way. Oh, the wording was really funny. Like, the, again, fair, but the wording's tough. So it is Scott Abram from 7 News DC. Okay. So not the Commander's Media. It was a local television station. No, no, so like the Packers down. Radio Network has, like, people that work at TV stations and do those interviews. Like, uh, for, for Lance Allen, he's at WTMJ in Milwaukee. Right. He's on the Packers network. Yes, it was that. Okay. It was the sports guy for the news station sitting down one-on-one yeah. with, with Wentz. So that interview happens. Jason Wright, who is the president of the Commanders, uh, deals with a lot, obviously, given the current state of the ownership and everything swirling around, quote tweeted the video and said, quote, Thankfully, Carson demonstrated grace and class in response to this pompous, unprofessional unprofessional mess. I recognize you have made a living on childlike uh, provocation 
but it needs to be called out. Don't expect special access and good luck building rapport with the guys at Scott seven news. Yikes came at him directly. Yes. Those, those are two direct confrontations that you would never see in Wisconsin. So my first thought is, and maybe this is just my experience watching and and following sports and uh, maybe where I was raised, but I don't really see anything wrong with the questions. No, you. I don't see anything wrong with the questions themselves. The way that they were worded could have been worded differently to make it. You're not trying to like serve up softballs to the guy. You you want to ask tough questions. You can ask them in a certain way. It's no secret. Like apparently it was a secret because he hadn't heard it. You know what I mean? Like when he, when he says that. Uh, let's be fair. You, well, Philly didn't want you. Indiana or Indianapolis didn't said, want you. He said a real talk. Real, yeah. Like what is that? That's that's not. I'm not saying it's not professional, but there's different ways to ask those questions without coming across as an absolute D-bag, which is kind of what he came across as. Jason Wright, on the other hand, steep, stooping down to his level, not worth it. Like To go, to, to, go to bat, for just to, to try and go to bat for your quarterback in there, I, I guess I kind of understand that, but it's not worth it. You're not going to win that battle. Like It's the old, don't pick fights with people that buy uh, ink by the barrel. This is kind of that thing. You're stooping down to his level to say something. It just doesn't make any sense. I agree. I was. I, I want to defend the news guy in the sense of I don't know why Jason Wright is going after him, especially because they're not in a world of only, you know, you go interview with the, the team TV guy and the team newspaper guy. It's a, there's a lot more out there. So I agree with you that the questions were not worded properly. I think the purpose behind them is fine. They're fine questions. I would have asked them differently. But I, the whole idea that Carson Wentz should just get fluff from the league and team-owned media that Jason Wright, I think, is referring to is kind of crap. Yes. Yeah. No, like, that's not even league-owned. That, I mean, that's not league-owned media. It's No, but I, his, from what I took from Jason Wright's comment, like, it feels like he is looking at any non-fluff and this yes. type of a special non-fluff as, you know, why, why could you do this? So kind of pointing to the fact that most of the NFL's state, uh, uh, you know, team run media and understandably so is a lot of just fluff. It's very state run. If you want to go that way. Yeah, yeah for sure. Um, I, I personally don't have an issue with the questions, just the way that they were asked. Jason Wright, why come down there? There's just no reason for it. I, I really want to play the uh, the questions again. The first one again. Because it's really good. Real talk. There's been kind of a narrative out there here in training camp that you've been a little inaccurate um, on your throws. Uh, consistently inconsistent has been a kind of... When he said that, he held up the air quotes. Did he? He said consistently inconsistent and who's, and air who are, quotes. And who are saying these things? Well, it's me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I have been the one starting this narrative. That's how it's always been. That's like people are saying, well, no, you're saying it. Like they, that, right. Like I, you know what? I haven't written that. I haven't said it, but people are saying it just to put the onus on somebody else other than yourself to think that when anybody says uh, that type of thing, like people are saying, you never have to corroborate it. Right. You just say, Oh, people, people are saying, not me, but people, people are saying, and you know, for a fact, this is the guy that's saying, Oh, you're just masking your own thoughts in others or trying to deflect the others. Yes, for sure. I want to hit the end of this. <laughs> the terminology, how would you assess your performance in training camp? And is that characterization uh, fair? Yeah, I mean, for one, it's I mean, camp. he did ask you if know, it was I, fair. I and then... Three. It's been well documented. Wait. 
Real talk here, Carson. It's been well documented. It's been Philly well documented. Indy didn't want you. He started holding out think fingers. This is your last chance to prove that you can be a starting quarterback in the NFL. Like you don't, you don't even need to say that. Like you can be like, uh, it didn't work out here. It didn't work out there. Obviously, your history in the NFL, you you don't you don't haven't haven't been able to establish yourself as you know uh, in Philly or in Indianapolis. Do you think this is your last opportunity to do that? Yeah, or you could even say that it didn't work out, or you could even point to the fact that those teams clearly went another direction and chose to, even though Carson wanted a trade out of Philly. But in general, like those teams kind of decided to go elsewhere, maybe with uh, it didn't work out. He was counting on his fingers the amount of teams it didn't work out for. So uh, we don't do a D-bag of the week here on the Bill Michaels show, but... (laughs) I'm sure that guy would be up and running. It's not even the guy. It's the questions. Like the, the way the questions are asked. The questions are not bad questions. It's the way that they're asked. And I yeah. guess that is usually the case. And as someone who asks horrible questions all the time, I probably should not be just sitting here uh, bashing the guy. But like there are different ways you can ask questions. And that is probably if you're looking for the attention and maybe Jason Wright is right in that, right? Yeah. If you're looking for that attention, that's definitely a way to ask questions. Yeah. If you're looking for a... If you're looking to be fair and you're looking to be balanced and you're looking to just ask questions and get a good answer out of them, that's probably not the way that you're looking for. The TV guy pretty much just said, so Carson, you you, suck. you totally suck. How does that make you feel? <laughs> Look, Is that fair? Hey, hey, hey Carson, uh, Philly says you suck. Uh, Indianapolis says you're horrible. You're now here in Washington. Everyone that's seen you throw the ball here thinks you suck. Do you think this is your last chance to prove that you don't suck, even though that we know that you do suck? That's essentially what he said. Hey, Carson, you are effing trash. How do you respond to that? <laughs> right? A little shorthand there. <laughs> oh, good stuff. 877-867-1670. More to come when we come back. I'm Ben Kenny. He is Zach Heilprin. We're in for Bill Michaels. Ready? This is the Bill Michaels Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Welcome back, Bill Michaels Show. 877-867-1670. Take your calls. The Packers tonight, the Brewers tonight. Uh, just, a, just a lot of stuff going on. We talked about Jim Leonard. Uh, the Carson Wentz thing is a little, little funny. It's amazing. Uh, no, it's, it's not even funny. It's just amazing. Amazing that that. And also, that was a one minute and seven second clip of a four minute total video that was posted. And the four minute total video is worse but those are the highlights it's like it was four minutes of that he asked other questions like that yes but those were the two that uh they had cut together self-serving i just can't uh jason wright has bigger things to deal with than the media significant being bigger things being an ass to his quarterback uh the, the owner of the team is you know he did testify he did yeah oh. july 28th for 11 hours oh well there you go um i'm not going to use the word upstanding still but no, he is. A, I, I can call him a citizen. Definitely. Yeah, no, it wasn't in person. Oh, well, naturally, he was on his yacht in Italy. As Probably. I said, I was tracking the Dan Snyder yacht tracker. Yeah, and but it's like it's also a train. It's also a, a plane tracker, right? Doesn't he have like a, a yeah, plane? Yeah, yeah, private jet. Track? Yeah, that goes to the place where the yacht is. What did he make his money? At? Do you know? Uh, no, I don't. Uh, business is the blanket word I like to use. Oh yeah, he did business and then got rich. Uh, other NFL stuff, this Antonio Brown thing, 
that I, I talked about it yesterday after it came out on the Wisco Sports Show. Marketing. Marketing business. Again, business. <laughs> That's he's, like saying consulting. He, like, start, he started as a college dropout, Snyder Communications. I have yet to understand what a consultant does, took, except for make PowerPoints. Took it public in 96, sold it for $2.1 billion in 2000. God. Wow. To a French um, firm. I have a lot of friends that are in marketing. I still are not marketing in consulting. I have yet to understand what consulting means, you know, where everyone it's a, you're out to dinner with your friend. He's a consultant. You ask him, you know, Hey, uh, how's work? Or like, what are you doing these days? He's like, eh, consulting, you know, I, I still cannot understand what it is except for making PowerPoints and traveling to different cities to give PowerPoints. That's it. So there's that, uh, eight, seven, seven. 867-1670. So Antonio Brown, uh, I talked about this yesterday. He reposed that this, this Instagram account made this fake quote that is hilarious. It says my biggest regret in my career doesn't involve calling my GM a cracker or showing up to Raiders camp late in a hot air balloon with frozen feet or throwing rocks at that UPS driver. And it definitely does not involve taking my shirt off and doing a victory lap around the Jets stadium mid game while throwing up deuces My biggest regret is that I'll never get to see me, Antonio Brown, play a game live. Sure, I can watch the game afterwards, but I can't imagine what that was like for all you to see something like that, like watching the Beatles or Jesus perform at Red Rocks. Antonio Brown on his biggest regret. That was a fake quote made by some Instagram account, but (laughs) Antonio Brown screenshotted it or whatever, posted it on Twitter and said, sincerely, A.B., and the sports world kind of went nuts over it. The memes were great. I I, I don't have much to say here aside from uh, what would Jesus be like performing live and what kind of music. I assumed like hard rock, you know, uh, electric guitar, that kind of thing. Uh, it was a original Kanye West thing about seeing him perform live. Surprise, surprise that, you know, yeah. Kanye would say something like that. Shocking. Uh, and then I, I wondered if, you know, watching Antonio Brown is like watching Jesus at Red Rocks is listening to this show more like watching Nickelback at your local community theater. Oh, I'm not going to kill us like that. I don't know. I don't I like what, Nickel. What is, no, what, what, no, what does, I does, like Nickelback. Oh, do you? Oh, yeah. At your local community theater. Yeah. What, what does Jesus play at Red Rocks? I was thinking Rolling Stones vibes. Okay. All right. Okay. Maybe like the song you may or may not hear in uh, eight minutes when we hit the top of the hour. Not welcome to the jungle. No, no, I, I said that this morning. <laughs> that could be a good, a good option. Eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy. We have a lot yet to come. Got to step away. Take a quick break. I'm Ben Kenny. He is Zach Heilprin. We are in today for Bill Michaels. This is the Bill Michaels Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Now a training camp update. In Green Bay, here's Mike Clemens. It's the Packers and the 49ers. 7.30 tonight, coverage on the Packers TV network. A big night for Packers first-round pick Jordan Love. Does the third-year quarterback feel he has something to prove tonight? Always. You know, I always think I have something to prove. Like I said, it's the NFL. I think everybody has something to prove when they get out here. Just to, you know, have a reason of why you're here and, you know, why you should stay here. So, uh, yeah, I definitely have something to prove, and I'm 
that's my goal is to show that during preseason. A number of Packers veterans on offense and defense will not play so that Matt LaFleur can get a good look at some of the rookies, like wide receiver Romeo Dobbs and the inside linebacker from Georgia, Quay Walker. LaFleur on what the mindset should be for the rookies in their first NFL game. At the end of the day, it is football. So I think you, if you can approach it the same way, whether it's a game, whether it's practice, I think you're going to have go out there and, and play to your ability and, and stay more composed and trust everything that you've been doing on a daily basis. And I think that's always a trick, and that's it's easy to say it's hard to do. The 49ers will play their second-year quarterback, Trey Lance. Head coach Kyle Shanahan says you'll also see some of San Francisco's other starters. I'd like to get guys to play in this game, mainly because I don't want them to play in the second game. You know, going to scrimmage a team um, more into the scrimmage than the game. And then to have a chance to get them to play in a game four days after that versus Houston. When we get back Sunday morning, will be tough. So that's why I don't want them to play much in that game. So hopefully a little in one, a little in three. And then we'll have 17 days to get ready for week one. That's 49ers head coach Kyle Shanahan. I'm Mike Clemens on the Bill Michaels Show. We're back. Bill Michaels Show. One o'clock hour to come. We're previewing the games that you will see tonight. Brewers Cardinals. Packers, 49ers, and the storylines that go along with it. 877-867-1670. If you want to get a hold of the program, we'll talk position battles to watch. uh, The guys that have a lot to prove, aside from Jordan Love, during this preseason and and when they take the field tonight. Packers, two-and-a-half-point underdogs to the 49ers. We could get back into the Carson Wentz thing because I find it funny. Uh, and, and other NFL storylines. Uh, Kirk Cousins has COVID. That's what's come out today. That's really it. I kind of expected Deshaun Watson suspension to come today. This afternoon, but right after, well, all the news, as we have learned, breaks immediately after the Bill Michael show goes off air. Yeah, but then you'll get to talk about it from four to six. Uh, right. So hopefully, honestly, I hope that does happen. So I have more to talk <laughs> about. But that's that's kind of what I'm expecting. We have not seen anything yet. Uh, the lead story on ESPN right now is about Barcelona soccer. So that's kind of where we're at with the NFL preseason. Like there aren't any big sweeping storylines of trades or guys being suspended. It's, it's just that it's just the rookies who looks good. All that stuff. You think Jimmy Garoppolo's in the stadium tonight? Huh? Yes, I do. Do you? I think he is. He hasn't been at practice. I think he goes there and stands on the sideline and doesn't even hold a clipboard or put a headset on. I just think he hangs out. But he, I bet you he's not there. Okay. Well, we already have the bet that the Lions win tonight yeah. and go team total over 18 and a half. Right. What? We did not bet on the Oh, team no. Total. That's just what I said. Yeah. Uh, straight up Lions versus. Yes, because you had them. Because you think Dan Campbell is just the, the his his toughness and his grit and his. I like emotion, the Lions. And his emotional attitude is going to make them win games this year. In the preseason. In the preseason. <laughs> because that's just what preseason football is. It's all about attitude and how hard you want to play. And I pointed out that they went 0-3 last year, despite him having that exact same fervor. Roster was worse. Yes, but you are not counting the roster. That's not what you said. He needed one year to get his message out to the players. Oh, okay. And now they've accepted it. They get Jamal Williams crying in there. You think he's going to cry in the pregame huddle? (laughs) We won't know until Hard Knocks on Tuesday. (laughs) Again, Jamal Williams. Again. Oh, love him. Love Hard Knocks. The Dallas Cowboys set the bar low. The Lions have taken it back to the glory days when 
Antonio Brown was riding in on a hot air balloon, which I forgot happened. Until, until that quote, right? Uh, until the quote, yeah. And his feet were frozen, which yep. I also forgot. That was a crazy story. I mean, that was that was a crazy hard knock. Yeah. Uh, we will be back. One hour left. Bill Michaels Show. Ben Kenny, Zach Heilprin. Coming up next. The Bill Michaels Show Podcast. Listen, rate, subscribe.